Greetings, power colleagues. Welcome to Innovator Tales, the podcast designed to ignite your innovator potential. In each episode, our host, Jen Walsh, engages with remarkable innovators, exploring the origins of their journey, the fuel behind their passion for innovation, and the driving force behind their solutions for positive change. Join us as we delve into their stories and prepare to be captivated by the inspiration they bring. Sit back, relax, and let those stories of innovation fuel your creative fire. Now, here's Jen. On today's podcast, we're having a conversation with Kyle Johnson and Mark Graham to hear more about their power planning tools innovation. Hi, Kyle and Mark, and welcome to the Innovator Tales. How are you today? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Well, first, before we get started, tell us more about your role and where you're located at Power. This is Mark Graham. I work in the SAS Transmission Planning Department in Denver. My department manager is in Kansas, and my heart is on a California sandy beach this week. Good deal. My name is Kyle Johnson. I uh, live in Colorado up in the mountains. I'm uh, quite a far ways away from the Denver office, uh, about six hour drive. I live 14 miles down a dead end road. So pretty, pretty isolated man, but I I come to the Denver office as much as I can and uh, to get to see the folks here. I work in SAS. I'm in the planning department and uh, at the beginning of this year, I'll be taking on a new role as the transmission planning technical manager. So Kyle, what drives you to be an innovator? Can you tell us? What drives me to be an innovator? So I think it, I think it happens by accident a lot of times. My personality type is, is definitely a, a get it done per type of personality and sometimes by brute force. And so being an innovator, sometimes you have to, to make it happen. And whenever I have staff people on my teams to get things done, uh, sometimes for whatever reason, they, they can't get it done in a, in a timely manner for, for different things or whatnot. And so in the particular instance of the tool that we're going to talk about today, um, innovation had to happen in order to get to work, in order to get the work done. And by that, I mean, there, there were some things that were just going to take too much time or that required outside tools in order to, to get the work done in a high quality manner. And so, the innovation happened because it needed to happen and there was no other way. So it was brute force. We, we developed a software called power planning tools. And and what this software does is it, it helps us in the planning studies that we have. We have a very, um, uh, a client that is a very demanding client and, um, has some very difficult studies that they want us to work on. And those system, Mm -hmm. the studies include a system impact study. And so what, what PPT does for us, is it helps us create and automate the reports that we have for this client. The reports that we have for this client are, are very extensive. Um, I've seen us sometimes go up to 600 pages in the, in the reports mm-hmm. and the appendices that we create for them. And so the plots get really extensive and we need to create cover pages for every single type of contingency that we have in these system mm-hmm. impact studies. And so it ends up being hundreds of these cover pages that need to be completed and there's a lot of data that goes into these cover pages and so uh, we developed this tool which is a post-processing tool it's an automation tool and the um, 
what this tool does for us is it certainly increases quality and it, mm -hmm. it prevents user burnout for our engineers and um, um, it, it makes it makes it to where our engineers can get back to doing engineering work and not just filling out a whole bunch of Word documents by hand manually for hours on end. Yeah, the cool thing about this tool is that we can build in all the checks we normally do for checking performance of generators and, and that would allow other steady engineers to have the same content in their report. So it's a big boost in quality and consistency, plus all the copying and pasting of report graphics for the report would be faster and more uniform from report to report. What was the aha moment that made you realize that this was needed? So for me, the, the aha moment was um, a pretty blatant one. We, we had these studies with these Word documents that we were updating by hand. And as I, as I mentioned, there was hundreds of them and that we were updating. And it was a lot of manual labor. So it was staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning to meet a deadline uh, for a project that you told the client that uh, you'd have it to them yesterday just to find out that you've made an error in the study and now you're going to be staying up tomorrow night till 2 a.m. doing the exact same thing over again. And it was pretty apparent that everything that we were doing should be, it should be done using automation. It should be a click of a button and we didn't have that. And that was the aha moment when it's realized, what am I doing? Why am I doing this till two o'clock in the morning? And, um, that was that was the moment where I was like, we need to do something about this. Another aha moment for me was when we started working on it together and combining the other steady tools and gave it a graphical interface. We realized that uh, we could work on something and have the computer remember where we were and then come back to it. It, sa it saved some time doing that. And uh, we realized that we could add more and more data checks that we normally do for performance that we hadn't included before, that we had just used our eyes on a log file before, but now we had things that could search for specific strings and things in, in log files, and so we had a more complete report every time. At what point in your journey on this project did you think I, we need more support and submit it into the uh, water, uh, the virtual water cooler um, and get additional support from the innovation team? Sure thing. So huh, there's there was many steps to this project. Um, I think in order to get management on board, a lot of times they want to see that you got a little bit of skin in the game. And so the, the first few steps of this was um, building building out a little bit of a baseline tool having the team use it and then making it user friendly for the team and then from there the team could show that it was useful in making their lives easier and then you could take that information back to managers and say um, you know this is this is useful this is needed we need to keep going and so then i kept you know pinging the question of you know how are we going to pay for this you know that's not can't just keep doing this on on personal time or trying to figure out a way which is which is very hard to see if you could put you know put put on on project or something that's hardly ever the, the solution and so um it, it quickly became apparent that we needed to figure out a way to to pay for this and so that's when i heard about the innovation funds and put in an application to show this is what we have done this is what it's used for and this is where we can go with it 
And there was also a, a large suite of projects that we have coming down the, the pipe um, that is impossible to do and get done without automation. And so to paint that picture of this is the future need and, and it's quickly coming. And the only way that we're going to get there is uh, with a tool uh, and a better tool than what we have even now that we can build onto it. So um, we, we put in those that request for the innovation funds. And one of the things that Kyle came up with was uh, to support the innovation project, he explained how much time it was going to save us. And one of the managers asked, so have you used on a, on a project yet? Oh yeah, we have. How, how much time did it save? And the number was so amazing, we had to do this innovation project. Kyle, you've mentioned, um, and Mark as well, that there were many steps in the journey of getting this actual project finished. What were some of the major milestones that you guys had in this project? Major milestones in the project. Um, so, so first we were given, we, were, we had the tool that Mark developed from the beginning, but it was a command line tool, meaning in order to run it, you had to open a command prompt and it was a lot of uh, typing in commands in order to get that to run your machine. And so that didn't work on everybody's machine. So one, the first milestone really was uh, figuring out a way to get this to to work on everyone's machines. And so we ended up uh, taking the tools, packaging them together into a single graphical user interface and, um, and then created an executable out of that. And so that way that it was something that we could pass around that everybody could use on their machines uh, without having to set up special paths um, for, for Python and things like that. Uh, so that was probably our first milestone. That was, the, the, that was a good feeling in order to get to that point. Uh, the second milestone was then taking that tool and, and saying that we need to build this out and getting funding for it. So I think the, the getting funding for the, the project itself was a sense of, okay, people recognize, management recognizes now the validity and how important this is. And so that was a good feeling. That was a kind of a, a feeling of self-validation. Uh, and then from that funding, getting done the next steps of the tool and building out another milestone was actually taking it into user acceptance testing where we we brought many people together into a room and gave them all the tool and some test files asking many people to bring in their own test files and essentially the task was hey guys go break this and uh and getting through that user acceptance testing uh was another very satisfying feeling and so once we once we got through that, uh, you know, we, we definitely had some updates to make. We had some adjustments we wanted to, to apply to our tool. And then once that all got completed, we ended up sending the executable to uh, our IT department, who now pushes the, the program that we have to all of our machines in our department uh, through Software Center. So just like any other tool that you would want to get um, from, from any, you know, any Aspen or, or Cape or et cetera, the SSC, you don't you go grab these things from the the software center. Uh, now our tool's sitting right there with it. And there was a surprise milestone along the way. We learned some software engineering in the process, <laughs> learning how to do the unit testing and build that into the code was a huge structural learning thing. Anyway, another aha moment I had 
when we first started talking about doing this together was, wait, I shouldn't do this all by myself. <laughs> it's working so much better as a team project. What resources did you guys use? Oh, well, about all I had when Kyle came to me with a larger laundry list was uh, a tool that converted a big stack of log files into a word report document. <laughs> and then, of course, later we collaboratively came up with a bunch of great ideas of other things to add and things that we were asking our study engineers to do in the projects that we could actually automate and make them less tedious. Kyle, tell us some of the resources that you have, you and your team have used in Mark um, since starting to collaborate with him. Uh, so from the beginning of this, um, <laughs> I'd say my, my first resource was, was Mark himself. I remember uh, shortly after these, these 2 a.m. Uh, staying up and, and working on all this manual labor, uh, it became quickly apparent that this was, this was not the solution, so we had to do something about it. So um, I actually approached Mark at a, at a conference that we were at in Phoenix one day, and I said, hey, uh, tomorrow, do you have any availability? He says, yeah, you know, I've, I got some availability, but uh, it's going to be pretty early. I, I got to get on the road. And I said, that's fine. So we ended up meeting at 630 in the morning at a conference room in the Phoenix office and pretty much sat him down and was like, hey, teach me Python. And so that was that was my first resource uh, in, in kind of piecing all this together. So much appreciation for for Mark and, and taking the time to, to mentor me there. Uh, and he I also introduced provided... you. I introduced you to one of my professors called YouTube. Yes, <laughs> yes, that was my second resource. Was YouTube? He provided me several links uh, for some very, um, we'll say, dorky e or uh, YouTube videos uh, that were great and. Um, and that's actually where the source came from for actually developing the GUI interface for this project was just from watching YouTube videos and the two of us getting together on, on calls and, and figuring out, you know, how we're going to build this tool out. And so that was uh, a second resource. And then probably a third resource would be pulling together the, the innovation funds in order to have those funds to give to people, to other people that knew Python within the company. Because of course, if someone's gonna work on the tool, they're gonna say, you know, where do I charge my time? And so that's where the innovation money uh, was very valuable. So that would have been a third very important resource that led to the success of this. Were there any surprises, challenges, or, or failures that you guys encountered throughout your journey? Other than the unit testing. <laughs> I suppose it was, Everybody writes the code differently, and and uh, we we had a great mentor in a person at uh, Power called Keith Gray that taught us about some software engineering and for sure not to leave out any any names and whatnot, but there were there were many resources within the company that you you cold call them up and say you know I need help you know help me get through this step. And, uh, and they would you know, give you their, their time as, the, as it was available. Um, so there, there were many resources throughout the whole company. Where is the project now? So currently we have released version one of Power Planning Tools. It's on the software center. Uh, we're currently working through version 1.5 right, right now. 
Uh, version 1.5 has a plotting tool as well as some other things that we want to just kind of clean up in the code. And uh, we are in that step right now where we are doing the cleanup. So we are wrapping up version 1.5 and then we're going to soon be going over to version 2. Version 2's, the purpose of version 2 is to make this tool more expandable or expanded out for our entire department. And by that I mean this tool is really geared towards for just a couple clients within our department. But pretty soon we are going to be using this tool for all of our system impact studies uh, within our department. And that's pretty vital because system impact studies are the bread and butter of our department. It's, it, what, it's where the money comes from that keeps our department going. And so uh, this tool is going to be very important for, I would say, 60 to 70% of the work that we do within our department. Any lessons learned or advice to someone that wants to get started? For getting started in an innovation project like this, I became apparent for me was you got to have some skin in the game. And so I would not have had the motivation to, to brute force get this done sometimes uh, if it wasn't for the alternative. And the alternative is, is, is doing it manually. And so uh, being, being the project engineer for, for a few of our planning clients, it put me in a position of if you want this work stream to go well, <laughs> this is what you're going to have to do. And so that was my experience. And I know that's Mark had similar experiences because of just being starting the tool where he did. Um, you know, picking up from where he started, we, we both had the same vision. We, we might have had it for different different reasons at first. I guess as a project engineer personally, it's, um, you know, when the projects go south, the project manager calls me and asks, well, why? <laughs> so they needed to, uh, I needed to prevent those phone calls. And so um, in order to increase the quality and to, and to keep the burnout at a minimum, um, definitely need to build the tools. So yeah, skin in the game. That's my advice. You got to have some skin in the game if you're going to succeed in an innovation project. Yeah, well, before I came to power, I tried doing a solo engineering company and I discovered that I needed some more teamwork. <laughs> and when I heard about power, power has a lot of collaboration and a lot of good support. And one of the things that, that helps in developing apps is learning others experiences and what they're working on and the things that are driving them crazy about the study tools they're using and, the outputs that they're trying to produce. Kyle, also, I'm sure that part of your motivation was having a lot less 2 a.m. Work, work nights, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I tease and say at the, at the time that I was doing this, um, uh, my wife and I, we just had our first child. And so I was up till 2 o'clock in oh. the morning anyway. So it wasn't such a big deal that I was up till 2 a.m. If I was going to be awake, I might as well have been writing programming code or something like that. So... Uh, that wasn't so much of a big deal, but um, but now that my daughter's older, uh, for sure I enjoy the sleep. <laughs> if I had known you were up at two a.m., I could have called you and, and asked you a quick few questions. <laughs> Not anymore, though, right? Now he's getting some sleep. Um, right. What's what's next? What's next for this tool is uh, I certainly is going to be spreading it out. Uh, to the other clients that we have. Like I said, we, we've been using this tool for a few of our clients, but there's a lot more clients that this tool can be useful towards. 
And so it's, it's interesting how we're building this out because we're trying to plan ahead to all the clients that we have. So currently uh, we've sat down with project engineers across our department for many of our different planning clients and essentially sat down to ask them, tell me how you get your work done. And now we are going to see how our tool can be beneficial to you. In fact, we actually had a sit down conversation with one of the project engineers for a client down in Texas who is a, a very large portion of our work stream. And in that conversation with her, we were open and honest that you may need to change some things about your process. And there may be some things that are not may, we will certainly need to change some things about our tool. And we're probably going to have to meet in the middle somewhere, but it is possible. We can, we can bridge this gap and make this tool useful for everybody. And so the next steps is, is not making the tool generic, but making it growing it in a way that it's more useful for more people. We like to ask you some quick, short answer questions. Um, what innovator mindset quality do you think is most important? Kyle. Passion. You need to want to get it done. <laughs> Mark. For me, collaboration improves the tool. Those are both some great answers. I mean, I definitely can tell you as an innovator, uh, both passion and collaboration are two very great qualities that we all should have, but innovators mostly. Um, what is a new technology or something coming out of the industry that you're most excited about and why? Mark? Oh, well, this is kind of taking a rabbit trail, huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm particularly excited to see advances in energy storage batteries and things. Uh, solid state batteries might actually work someday. Liquid metal batteries could be much safer to use than lithium. lithium. Liquid metal batteries could be much safer to use than lithium ion batteries on, on the utility size scale. And someday, someday we can teach AI to approach problems like Kyle and Mark do, and then we can get thinking about greater things. Hey, that gives me an idea. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? For sure, automation. You know, we've we've had actually clients approach us about uh, updating their automation before, and from what I've seen working with the clients that I have and from others have, it, there is automation tools that are mostly in-house at our company, at our clients' companies, at our competitors. And people are, are keeping that close to their chest all across the country, it seems like, uh, because you don't want to share your tools that make you do your job easier, better, higher quality, et cetera. Um, so automation is going to continue to grow. And I think mixture of automation with AI is going to get particularly interesting. And I don't think anybody can really say what's going to happen there. Um, that's to be determined. But I know I use AI tools nearly every day, some in the production of the scripts and codes that we've written. and um, But integrating the two is going to get real interesting real fast. I think that the type of work that we do, you know, I think we're always going to have a job. Uh, but there will be some parts of my job that I will no longer have. 
uh, with the with the advancement of automation and AI. Are we going to see more innovation ideas being submitted from you, Kyle and Mark? Oh, certainly, if you'll have us. <laughs> oh, for sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> One last question for both of you. What book or podcast would you recommend to our listeners, and what is it about? Well, this innovator podcast. <laughs> no, but what I was thinking was I've been reading a a fun book. It's by Patrick Moore, and it has kind of a long title, Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. <laughs> it's about <laughs> scare stories uh, about present and future state of planet Earth threats that are invisible, like CO2 and global warming, others that are extremely remote, like coral reefs and polar bears and how we're stuck with bias reporting and false information about such things to the extent that nobody can really decide what the problem is. Pretty good book. How about you, Kyle? So a lot of the podcasts and, and books that I read aren't necessarily related to my, to my job or my daily work life, but um, I, I certainly have relied on the internet for that. And that, that's, I just go to YouTube. Uh, YouTube's just got so many different things that you can watch videos on and, and learn from. Um, that's where a lot of the advancements in my, my coding ability has come from, from the, the YouTube videos that, that Mark has provided to me and others. And so it's a, um, it's a great source for knowledge, for sure. And if you're interested in, in Python programming, there's a cute mm -hmm. little set of Python instructions in little small segments called Socratia. And it's just a hoot because this girl presents the material with such a deadpan face and they have this crazy <laughs> computer music going in the background. Uh, even if you're not interested in Python, you should find one and listen to it. It's actually quite humorous. It's what he started me out on. It's the very first set of YouTube videos that he sent to me. And I was like, oh boy, this is, this is where I have to start. Okay, here we go. You'll definitely have to send us that link so we can share it with our audience. Oh, sure. Well, okay. Well, Mark and Kyle, it's time to sign off. Thank you so much for taking the time today to tell us your innovation story. We really appreciate your time. We know you're very busy and have to get back to your new roles. Thank you for being here today with us. And Thanks. call Kyle for any future questions. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Innovator Tales. We're here to ignite that spark that propels you toward innovation. If you're uncertain about sharing your innovative idea, let this podcast be your inspiration. There's no downside to sharing a concept that could have a positive impact on society and our clients, as well as supercharge our power team. So if after listening, that light bulb is glowing above your head, don't wait. Seize the moment and submit your idea. It's never too late and the perfect time is now. Head over to our innovation platform the power plant by using the quick link on portal. 
Dive into the hub of innovation where you can submit your idea, explore what's buzzing, and even drop a comment on someone else's great idea. Remember, your idea could be that missing piece. The power is in your hands. Submit that idea and let's create something extraordinary. The Innovator Tales podcast is produced here in-house at Power Engineers by Mindy Edgar and Jeff Poole. If you have comments or a suggestion, send us a message at innovation at powereng.com. And until next time, thanks for listening.